So this evening I'd like to highlight for us a particular theme and um, before I launch into it, I really invite you to take it very lightly and uh, particularly given the theme which is Anicca, impermanence. It's very, very, you're very welcome to take this as a practice of simply allowing allowing it to arise and pass. <laughs> Nothing else to do, right? <laughs> Just settle back and enjoy the show. Yeah, this, uh, so... Just simply that, you know, listening and perhaps that sense of, you know, hearing. So the sound of my voice coming and going and sounds of insects and, yeah, just if you, if you want to, you can sort of let that be the, the practice for the talk. Um, So I have a number of things I'd like to share and I'm not sure where to begin. <laughs> where do you begin with Anicca? Uncertainty, yeah. flux, flow, that uh, aspect of, of our experience, of conditioned experience that we can notice at times, doesn't it, kind of becomes very, very apparent and at other times we can really lose touch with that. And along with these other characteristics of, of unsatisfactoriness and ownerlessness, or uh, not me, not mine, uh, I want to actually, my intention is, the, so this, these next three talks are going to kind of just explore this a little bit, and sharing some thoughts and also some, some different teachings just to, and I know we're all here practicing in different ways, different themes are to the fore, but again, just as you wish, you know, you might pick up some of the suggestions or, or not, but just um, to see how some of that reflection or some of that, you know, tuning our perception to, the, to this aspect of of flux, of flow, of change, just what that can bring. And, you know, one of the delights of when I, you know, you have a theme and you have to say something about it to some people like this, um, you have to reflect on it, <laughs> practice with it. It's, it's rather wonderful. It's, it feels like in that great mandala of practice and like all the different teachings, you get sort of like this little, like I think of it as like a light shining on different, different aspects all part of the same, you know, like maybe some of you heard me mention this uh, image from John Peacock of the Dharma being like a blancmange, which is basically jello in American. <laughs> it's like you prod it in one place and the whole thing jiggles. So we prod the Anicca area and the whole thing, we're touching the whole thing, that wonderful sort of holographic or inter interconnected sense of the teachings. And it's interesting because as I was preparing, I was reading, reflecting, and you know, practicing, and looking through my notes. And I actually have a, a talk which I'm going to sort of use and then sort of improvise around a little bit, which um, 
I, I, it's actually, I don't know, this is now a bit of an antique or something. I first gave this talk at Guy House about, I don't know, eight years ago or something. And it's kind of interesting to to pick it up again and, and, and feel that sense of, oh, you know, that that's gone. <laughs> right? It's like, what were you doing eight years ago? It's like, well... This is gone. I remember actually giving this talk and, and I was teaching with Martine Batchelor and it was one of those teaching dukkha moments which some of us are afflicted with at times, all the time, to some degree, goes up and down like everything else, appears, disappears, you know, not just doesn't disappear as often as you like, but anyway. Um, and I remember after after the talk going to Martinez and was like... <laughs> God, was that was really terrible, and oh dear, and I just, you know, and they were all so quiet, and nobody was, you know, sort of smiling or anything, is it? And um, (laughs) so she hadn't been in the room, so she couldn't, so she said, well, just tell me what you said. So I went through some of the things I mentioned. She said, that sounds very good. I'm sure it was fine. (laughs) Anyway, just a sweet memory of of that dicker and then that and that support. But that sense of, I think for me, sometimes one of the most strangely fruitful and sometimes also the nature of those sort of, you know, those spontaneous insights in these, the way they arise, of the goneness of things. The goneness of people, you know, the goneness of today. It's like, where is it? It's gone. It's not, it's... Mm. So the, the way that kind of, again, maybe in different ways, can where, where does that, yeah, you know, what, what does that, where does that bring you? And I'd like to speak about some of the, some kind of hopefully weave together some of this sense of the insight into impermanence of this insubstantiality or goneness or however it, you know, different words, inconstancy, and these different perhaps nuances or ways we can conceive of it or perceive it at times, um, can arise spontaneously, can't they? You maybe all had these moments, I certainly have, where, you know, in either a big way or a small way, it's like the impermanence just is so, it's so striking. And one of the things that I've, I mean, this is again, none of this is anything we don't already know, um, but the way that um, these moments of waking up to that, it's like, what is going on 99% of the time then? Oh dear. Uh, well, maybe some delusion going on about permanence, right? And, and you know, you know I, I big example for me is when my mom died and, and just the shock of it, the shock which just is so, uh, you know, it's it's not, I mean, there's the, the, the grief and the sadness and, you know, someone you love, but, but I think it really, I think there's more work for me to do in this area, <laughs> just, you know, because it's, uh, you know, where, so that, how that reveals a sense of, I remember when she died and I went to her little flat and there was just this, just this, like, billowing, kind of echoing, resounding sense of not here, not there, you know, not happening anymore. This person who, 
you know, so important in my life and see, you know, was so alive. And then I don't know if you've had experiences like that, but it was just this profound sense of not happening anymore was more rather than gone. It was just this sense of, 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 of the truth of that, that everything, every moment, all of our life is this happening, right? I'm, I, I'm, you know, I, well, you know, I use my arms a lot and hands and all that. It just seems to express it more clearly than words, but this sort of sense of wave-like expansion and contraction, moving, something happening and then not happening, right? This isn't this, this arising, passing, this life of this person and sort of arose and was there for a while and then, and then just, it, it appeared and disappeared. And it's something that I think probably for all of us, you know, until maybe we're arahants or something, you know, where there's always going to be areas of life, and I want to go into that a little, a little bit later, it's like areas of our experience where it's not so impermanent. You know, maybe we can find that sense of flow and we're, you know, with that and that area of our life or even that part of our mind. And then other things we just that we just crash into them and they feel so solid, you know, and so fixed and so, you know, unwilling to join the great river of change. <laughs> Say, please, oh, just, please, just join the great river of change, please, now. <laughs> you know, and it's like, mm-hmm, okay, quite, not quite ready yet for that. Some more conditions <laughs> need to be cultivated, so patience you know and um and I think sometimes you know when I experience my own or you know my own experience of of dukkha and how yeah and I think this week I've been noticing it's like the yeah those those things that just you know those especially on a longer retreat you get into those sort of really like solid stuck bits down there somewhere which just never seem to go in nature they just like keep not a Nietzsche-ing. and um, and and you just think, you know, what what the heck? Oh, I got to do to get get rid of this. <laughs> Maybe there's a clue. And so much, so much about this. I I, I and I think because it's been around for me as a theme this week, and, and sometimes listening to some of you and feeling like one of the factors that I think in my own experience, um, both alone and also very much in relationship with good friends or teachers or, you know, fellow practitioners who are different maybe, is something about how it's actually one of the conditions that maybe supports the this, this deeper and deeper opening to, and if you like, giving back, giving back to nature, giving back to each other, the bits of our life that are just compulsively clung to. And again, you know, it's not exactly a choice, is it? I'm not choosing to like, you know, carry this around and chew on it. It's like, it's become a sort of reflex, a kind of habit, you know, just there's just a deep groove there. So it just keeps happening. And then gradually we can learn to, yeah, again, I think with some of these things, it takes extraordinarily extraordinary patience and extraordinary courage and um, so I think one of the the factors I don't know if it's mentioned anywhere in the list but it just it seems to me really clear that one of the factors is kindness 
is when you, it's, it's like that, the power of compassion, kindness, love, to, to sort of open up or to hold, in a, you know, to, to make it possible for some of that, that painful sort of held energy to, 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 to be felt, to be uh, handled, to, to be released. I don't know if that resonates for, for anybody, but it's almost like one of the, one of the, the little, how can I, like I'm imagining a little channel on the riverbank, so some of the, the, what I can give back, the water to the river, it runs down the, the channel, the, the, the kindness channel. That's what actually helps it to, to go back into the river of, of life. Or another quote that I found, actually, I'm sorry, I can't, I've kind of lost track of who, is, who said this or wrote this. It is compassion that removes the heavy bar, opens the door to freedom, and makes the narrow heart as wide as the world. Yes. I think it's sort of thinking as wide as, yeah, as wide as the river. The heart becomes the river. The heart is the river. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. So different ways of reflecting maybe on this theme. So I want to, yeah, maybe um, thinking about it, which is I guess what we kind of do together in a talk to some extent. And you have your own sort of thought stream and... Um, one one way I've I've found helpful sometimes is just to look at, look at my relationship to change. What 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 are that there may be some tendencies, and often I think you know probably this is a very universal one that we tend to like it when it changes the way you know to something we like, and we don't like it when it changes in a way which feels like it goes against what we want. So that's a really interesting thing to notice how how you know again there's this sense that some things were were we're, we're happy at changes, and that sense that actually things can change and shift in a really positive way and I think that's really helpful that you know sometimes I think there can be that side of a Nietzsche and that sense of loss and and you know what's difficult about it or yeah, what can be fearful or all the different things. And there's also that sense of actually, it's also what allows, isn't it? It allows things to shift and change in a, in a helpful, in a helpful and positive way. So, yeah, just that sense of might it be, yeah, what just to entertain that possibility or to have the sense of, of that perception and that understanding being actually a very beautiful, very, very positive thing. I think, again, different minds are different, but I think for me it often goes to the sense of, yeah, the loss side rather than the, yeah, what's, what's beautiful, what's made possible, what's, 
Yeah, like the flower, the orchids. It's like it's only possible because of because of Anicca. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. So so, I also, I think I can't really go through a talk about impermanence without talking about one of my favorite teachings which could be a whole talk but I just kind of want to mention them and it's a practice recommended by the Buddha five topics for frequent recollection some of you may be very familiar with and it's another way to to recollect to think about and it's a practice that some people pick up and include in their in their day in their retreat and it can be something again I picked up to 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 kind of one way of trying to strengthen my sense of how can i how can i align myself more with these with these truths of our mortal our mortal fragility you know our sense that this body this body this body this you know all bodies subject to aging to sickness and to death and that sense of it being a a way of aligning and and perhaps working through some of the resistances or the fear or the, the different sort of emotional territory that maybe comes up around that and in working with this and teaching with this sometimes i feel like we have to find a way of translating things. I often like this translating teachings, practices into our own sort of, yeah, into a way, into something that makes sense for us. And again, I think this is the way into this teaching, this practice for me was actually to to really remember that this is a teaching of compassion, like all the Buddha's teachings. It's like he's trying to help us with the dukkha, not make it worse, <laughs> you know. So I think that was, for me, a way engaging as I'm going to die. Yeah, great, thanks, okay. Um, didn't I couldn't sort of engage with the lovingness or the compassionateness of that. So being able to sort of add some meta or some kindness in there and feel so the phrases I came up with for myself were so breathing gently I lovingly remember this body is subject to aging yeah this so so again maybe it's not the same for everybody but this this element of kindness that it's so breathing gently I lovingly remember this body is subject to illness yeah mm. yeah and that's I know often people are sick on retreat and, and that sense of this shouldn't be happening such a common thing isn't it the sense of this shouldn't be well why not <laughs> why not because I don't like it <laughs> I don't want it to happen yeah, and and so how how this yeah it's like it's a very I could feel like 
maybe all practices where you engage with them very deeply, they become very deep and it feels like that starts to sort of work at the foundation, away at the foundations of, again, this attachment to things ought to be satisfactory, they ought to be the way I want them. And then the way that these reflections can actually help to sort of attune or align ourselves on minds with the with the reality of that and in that actually there's a sort of letting go there's a relief there's a sense of oh phew you know the relief of actually opening to and aligning with something that's true that happens and that all the resistance and and the fear that can be um just released maybe gradually um, and that the sense of me and self and and other and can kind of it's like it can it can it can this reflection can kind of really soften and 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 reduce that because you just seem to tune in more to this sense again arising and passing rising and passing and again the way the creativity of the mind works finding your own images like at one time I, I found I would sort of imagine myself way up in space, you know, way up outside the atmosphere, sort of looking looking at the earth and sort of seeing this whole kind of seething mass of beings being born and dying and just that sense of, of life and that scale just happening and that sense of being able to to bear witness to that. To not not in a dismissive way, but in a, in a way where again maybe different ways we can we can learn to have some more steadiness, some more like being able to be present with the the that happening and all the yeah the reactions, the fears, the emotions that can can still kind of arise about not being thrown by that. So. Um, Another image that came to mind this week as I was reflecting on this theme, I don't know if this will be helpful to anyone, but um, I remembered from years ago, actually, my teacher, Christina Feldman, sharing a story or a remembrance. I think it was some in India, when she was in India, and there was this, um, there was this yogi, and uh, his practice was to go, anyway, I don't know for how many months or years, or whatever, he would go and stand in front of a waterfall all day and then at the end of the day he would just bow to the waterfall and then and go home and this was his practice and yeah i i i as i've been reflecting on it it's been like I've been getting that sense of, like with the river, being the waterfall and the yogi, right? Being that still, witnessing, kind of steady presence, or, or maybe moving back and forth, you know, being both at the same time, or just being more completely that sense of just being the waterfall or then maybe being that sense of that witnessing. And I, yeah, that that feels, again, kind of helpful. But 
so so many so many ways again of thinking about reflecting practicing with different and i won't i haven't got time this evening to go into you know all of that but i hope you can either feel right now just what feels helpful or if you're still doing that practice you're just enjoying the arising and passing of sound the waterfall so i wanted to share with you also um, I was reading a little bit in this book uh, on the teachings of Ajahn Chah, and I don't know if you're familiar with them, but um, I read one bit and it made me laugh, and I thought, I want to share this. <laughs> I don't know if it will make you laugh, but um, I find it's helpful. And um, it's very much on our theme. So this is from Ajahn Chah. When we meditate... We want to see impermanence, unsatisfactoriness, and not self. And this begins with seeing uncertainty. When we see it clearly, then we can let go. When we experience happiness, we see that this is uncertain. When we experience suffering, we see that this is uncertain. We get the idea that it would be good to go to some place and we realize it's uncertain. We think it would be good to stay where we are and we realize this is uncertain too. We see that absolutely everything is uncertain and we live at ease. Then we can stay where we are and be comfortable or we can go somewhere else and be comfortable. It's like, let's just stop there. I always feel like with him, you know, he's like, he says it all. So yeah, something really, so, you know, the way that to me is like, yeah, that we think things are a certain way. It's uncertain. Maybe they are that way. Maybe they're not. Depends on how you look at it, maybe. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, so maybe just a little bit on um, this this practice um, of more intentional cultivation, of, of kind of like I was inviting you to do with the talk, if you wish that we can in our practice at times, um, in different ways, uh, really bring this theme or this, this uh, aspect of what's happening to the fore and we can and practice noticing it in different ways, right? Really, really directly. And as I was st- saying, I think near the beginning of the talk, um, this, this, this way of saying in a day here, if you just think about the day here and how all the different kind of thoughts, feelings, mind states and just how much has changed in the day and the weather and just to, ref- just to actually reflect on that, to notice how, you know, there was the beginning of the day, wherever that was, probably... Hard to put your finger on that exactly, isn't it? But the sense of the day, sort of. And then now we're, maybe the day is kind of getting somewhere, you know, the arc of the day. And then 
the night will come. And this kind of reflection, just just noticing, very, you know, again, as a kind of gradual attunement, another way of sort of aligning, noticing that. Um, yeah, and, and a practice sometimes at the end, at the very end of the day, sometimes I'll just either lie in bed or somewhere before and I'll just let the, like, little thoughts of the day, like I'll go back to the beginning of the day and like kind of, oh, and there was that and this, and then I was like, oh. apparently when I was a little girl I used to do that. I used to lie in bed and sing the whole day through, so there's obviously something there. So just letting it kind of trickle through and like, oh, yeah. And sometimes I find that like a very calming, soothing kind of sense of just reviewing a little bit and then maybe, I don't know, some reflection, but mostly just going through and like that sort of conscious sense of, yeah, it sort of came and went. <laughs> There's like you know, a lot of that and sort of, and then and now here we are and that sort of, that can sometimes help the sense of just letting go of the day. Um, obviously singing here, probably not either very, very, very quietly or not, not singing. Um, <laughs> singing in your head, maybe. And, and, you know, again, any area of experience, like I was, I was earlier in the week practicing with sound. Again, it's so... So wonderful, like the symphony of sounds, just to spend time kind of, especially outside or with the windows open now, that sense of just hearing, listening, and sort of the feeling the sounds, hearing the sounds coming and going. and It's like, yeah, just, just that again. Or feeling the sensations of the body. And again, you know, even with those really stuck sensations, those like, oh my God, you know, this has been with me for eons, sort of old familiar, you know, sort of wrestling partners or something. And even there, it's like this this sense of, ah, this too, actually. If I really, if I really open to that, there there is a kind of, there's fluctuations and also in the, sense of the way I'm seeing it or, you know, relating to it is also shifting. And that can be very helpful with that sense of, you know, this is here forever, it's never changed, never going to change, right, might as well go home, sort of feeling. And the, and, the, and the Vedana, you know, maybe you've done this, but this is just such a powerful reflection, the sense of not just the changingness of the Vedana, but this sort of that aspect of anicca maybe which is in in constant like you think you're something's really unpleasant and then suddenly it sort of shifts or your mind sort of moves around to something more pleasant and you think wait 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 a wait a minute i was over here with this unpleasant thing hold hold on hold on a minute what just wait i'm i'm not ready i'm just i'm looking at this i'm this unpleasant thing please just do you know okay no i really mean it just <laughs> you know it's like it doesn't so there's something happening where maybe we we can open up to uh, this is so they're so connected with each other with each other aren't they the three characteristics because already there you can hear the anatta element coming in of like I am not in charge of this you know I'm not it's a, hmm that's and then it's that happens and beginning to be able to 
um, again, find our stability, find our presence in the and our steadiness with with that with that shifting perception. Um, you can train yourself to like olives. I discovered just on a very different, more gross level, perhaps. I, I used to really, really dislike olives, and I trained myself to like them just for fun. <laughs> it's an experiment to see, and I, I do. I like them now. So just again, the mutability. These things, where you know. Like odd likes and dislikes, maybe more, more mutable, more changeable. And again, there's always this sense, isn't there, on retreat, the possibility of this coming closer and closer in to the this, like what's actually happening now. Whether it's, I mean, like to to a mind state, and I mean, this needs a bit more stability, doesn't it, and a bit more calmness to to be able to. And the fleetingness of thoughts. Now that, I think that's, that can be so powerful and so liberating. You know, and again, obviously it has to, we have to sort of see it again and again. But I wanted to share with you one of my top favorite quotes about thoughts, practicing with thoughts. Which some of you may have heard me share before. Mm, mm. Right, from Dilgo Kientse Rinpoche, great Tibetan teacher. Remember that a thought is only the fleeting conjunction of myriad factors and circumstances. It does not exist by itself. When a thought arises, recognize its empty nature it will immediately lose its power to elicit the next thought and the chain of delusion will be broken. So whatever aspect of our experience we choose to, to, if you wish, to, you know, at times to make this experiment, whether it's yeah, any of the sense doors or even maybe the sense of self, the way that also seems to contract and, and expand and and morph. And now I'm great and now I'm terrible and, you know, all of, you know, for me it's often like seems to change shape, feels like a shape-shifting sort of thing. And to see how how much that changes, so helpful so helpful and maybe helps to undermine that sense of the sort of fixity again it's it's all the three characteristics are all here aren't they you can't really separate I mean you can separate them out but they're all somehow connected in the big blamange of the dharma yeah so many many other areas many other areas of it for 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 attuning to in this way and um hmm let's see yeah maybe just maybe just pausing for a moment and and just invite you to to i don't know just see what out of the reflections is of touching you or maybe we could just spend a few moments sensing the changing the changingness uh, 
of, of, of this life. Hmm. So on one level, maybe going back a bit to another thing I said near the beginning, there can be a simplicity with this of just doing our ordinary practice, just doing whatever we're doing, you know, the whatever the different practices, the metta practice, the mindfulness of breathing, different, or just hanging out, you know, just those moments where you're just hanging out, you're just hanging out here, just having a cup of tea and it's not like practice, the big P like that big, it's just, I've just been here. And that sense of how, as those moments, those times when the mind maybe just, just settles, just things getting a bit quieter and settled, and naturally, naturally, this sense of the flow, the flux, the shifting, changing, it becomes apparent. So again, that, I was thinking also this week of the hindrances, you know, how they're referred to often as a body of water disturbed in different ways or with algae or dye or whatever or um, all boiling up on the top with wind. And how it's like, oh, things calm, quiet. It's like, oh, you can see the bottom. You can see the pebbles. They're just there. So this is the same with Anicca, I think. That it's in this calm, this quiet moments, quiet moments, and there's just these little flowers or little blooms of, of seeing. And I remember once on a very long retreat, and I had been there for weeks and weeks, and, and it was, fortunately, mind was getting a bit quiet and and, and that particular time. And and there was, uh, the, I'd been doing just for just being with the breathing, and there was. There was a moment, I remember I was lying in my bed again, it was about 10 o'clock at night or something, was, you know, just practicing. And and there was just this sense of the feeling, suddenly the mind really just tuned into that sense of the of the impermanence of the breathing, just just that. And, and you know, it's impossible to explain these things. You know, you explain it and you think, yeah, great. So, <laughs> But, you know, when you really, when it happened, it's like, oh, that feeling of really, really knowing, really, really knowing directly. Powerful, powerful moment for me. And part of the what happens, I think, is a cascade of insight that so much in that, you know, very, I don't know, brief moment or few moments became like the sense of, oh, so there is nothing to grasp. There is grasping. That's definitely happening sometimes. <laughs> But there's nothing to grasp, actually, and then, then, it, and and for that reason, there's no basis for dukkha. And it's like there's a sort of like, oh, it's just a moment of freedom, moment of realization, you know. And and I can describe it and say, you know, and then that bears fruit, and it 
there's a way that that life can never quite feel the same again we can never but there's also that sense of being re you know mired in delusion and 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 again so we're back to this sense of this the sudden awakening and gradual development right but of both and and this sense of like revisiting this and feeling how actually interestingly it has become part of my practice you know how if this happens to you whereas actually there is a much finer sort of stronger awareness of change than there used to be I think although it's hard to go back and exactly know but um and again just having that faith and that confidence I can really feel it like the sense that it really is possible to, to, for it all to go back to the river and I just need to be very patient and have faith and it can all go back to the river which for me is an image of awakening and it takes as long as it takes and um, <laughs> to help each other you know to, to bear our burdens and to bear witness to our burdens until they are ready to melt, which they they can and they will. So maybe I'll just close these reflections by sharing another beautiful teaching. Um, this is from Ajahn Amaro. Let the heart rest in the quality of knowing, of simply observing. Feel the flow of the patterns of experience. Let go of the content. Let go of the stories. Just witness it all. Know it all as patterns of nature, taking shape, arising, changing, fading. Just be that spacious knowing that embraces it all, welcomes it all in, as if the heart were breathing every moment in, knowing it, letting it go, and breathing it out. As if the heart were breathing every moment in, knowing it, letting it go, and breathing it out. So let's just pause for a moment. beings awaken to the goodness and truth of their own hearts 
male beings awaken from delusion. May all beings come to the end of suffering. Thank you for your attention. And let's chant the reflection on the sharing of blessings to close our time together. <clears throat> 